You're listening to the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We had a service here one time where uh, it was a a powerful revival service, and we were in the middle of the service, and the preacher was preaching, and everyone was standing up and worshiping the Lord, and all of a sudden, a wind blew through the building, so strong that back in the day, these doors had handles before they took off the handles and made them the way they are now. It blew through the building, and it broke the handles off the doors as it blew through the building. Yeah, you can't make that one up. Oh, we've had some encounters, and they're, and they're nothing compared to what the Spirit has for this city. There's so much more. Thank you, Lord. Somebody's, somebody's talking to me. <laughs> I had my phone go off one time, Siri, when I was preaching, and it said, I don't understand. It's like, come on, you can do better than that. Mm. I want to do something. Let's get wild right at the beginning. I felt like tonight God wanted to really, um, I know there's a lot of hungry people here, and we're going to lay hands on everyone that wants to be prayed for at the end. I have had my cup of coffee. I'm ready to go. Um, But I do feel like there's some people here that, um, here's what I heard during worship. There's a feeling of desperation in your heart for the Lord, and you don't feel like you have even heard heard the Lord in a very long time. Like you just don't even feel, and it may be one, two, three, ten plus people, I don't know, but you just feel like I have not even been able to hear the Lord. We're going to pray over you if that's you tonight, because I feel like God said, I want to touch them. Let me say this right, right real quick. Um, doesn't matter what you've done. Everyone's like, well, I messed up. Well, that's what grace and mercy is for. So apply it, repent, and let's get back connected. Amen. I felt like God was going to, I saw, you know, those paddles of life, poof. I saw that in the spirit tonight. And so if that's you, I'm going to ask you to be bold enough just to stand up right where you're at. Thanks. Thanks. And I'm going to ask some of my team to look around and go find somebody. Please. This is not, this is, and everyone else around them, just extend your hands towards them. God's going to move on you, and you're going to feel the presence of the Lord come on you in a moment. And I need everyone here, I need your faith to rise up, gate. And those that aren't at the gate, I need your faith to rise up. I want to hear a roar of prayer over these people. So lift up your voice. In Jesus' name, come on, I want to hear you pray. They need to hear the faith of the believers surrounding them tonight. In Jesus' name. I ask that your presence, Father, would come right now. And to those that feel empty, they feel uh, completely depleted. I feel some of you are even falling into a place of physical, there's physical issues that have come along with this place that you're in right now. Um, You're not sleeping. You're not operating the way you used to, and you're just cloudy. In Jesus' name, rest on their minds right now. Rest on their spirits right now. Holy Spirit, this is not something I can do without you. In Jesus' name, touch them, Holy Spirit. Touch them, Holy Spirit. If that's you, just receive it. Just receive it. All you have to do is receive. Holy Spirit, come on, I want more people to gather around them. Move around just a little bit. Stand up. Go to a few people. I feel like we need to engage a little bit more. In Jesus' name, right here, 
Yeah, I want you to do what the body of Christ should do and just lift up your brothers and sisters and release the Spirit of God to breathe on them. Breathe on them right now, Holy Spirit. Breathe on their hearts. Breathe on their minds in Jesus' name. Let me just speak in the Spirit if you have a prayer language. Just speak out in the Spirit over them right now. If you're being prayed for, just, just open your heart up the best you know how to receive it right now. I ask that they would be a uh, manifestation of them feeling you moving on them right now. Maybe it would be a heat on the back of their neck. Some of you are going to feel heat come on you. Some of you are going to feel uh, your body begin to just shake just as a manifestation that God is moving. Holy Spirit, move on them. Move on them. Move on them right now. Oh, Come on, call it restore dreams, restore visions, restore hope, restore hope in Jesus' name. Restore hope in Jesus' name. Over fathers and mothers, those of you that are a father or a mother maybe, that the feelings of letting down your kids, we just erase that right now in Jesus' name. And we restore over you the confidence that you are a good father, you are a good mother. Oh, Lord. Joy from morning, joy from morning, joy from morning right now, joy from morning right now. You're going to feel a joy just begin to enter the room. Joy of the Lord right now be released over your kids. Joy of the Lord right now be released over your kids. Yeah, just for a few more minutes, just keep, just a f- couple more minutes, Lord. Now more of that, 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 more of that. Turn it up, Holy Spirit. 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 God called you out tonight. Jesus. Another 30 seconds. Just give it lifted up. Another 30 seconds. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Now, God, seal the work. Even if they don't feel it, God, what you're doing, seal the work. Even if they don't feel it. Thank you for your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Joy of the Lord. How we feeling? Good over there? Jesus. Jesus. You can, yeah. Thank you, God. You can be seated if you want. Come on, come on, come on. 
Jesus. Light this place on fire. I'm shooting for the moon tonight. <laughs> oh. I have, I have, man, I've been all over the place getting up to this night. I sat up in my office and prayed, and the Lord was like, I was like, Lord, you're not giving me anything I feel secure in. You're just sticking me up there. I'm like, I just don't feel like I have anything to lock into. And he's like, you'll be all right. <laughs> I believe that we are... Something we're stepping into tonight, but in the city in general, is I'm believing that God is going to raise up priests in our city. Um, I believe one of the words we use that I use a lot that really is just another word for probably priest, I use the word reformer a lot. It's a similar, similar word. I believe that we're in a unique time in our, in our nation. I, I believe that we've never been in a better space for the Lord to really show up and show his strength. And one of the things that we have to step into is we have to, before we can step into our role as priest, some of us have to first take off the robe of judgment. You can't operate in both. You can't be judge and priest. And I've watched over the months a, 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 even somewhat of a division within the church where there's been a giving up on the church and people, there's been a, a, almost a military likeness in the church, but not in a, not in a healthy way yeah. where I, I see people coming in and just getting really militant and very judgmental. And it's very easy for us to get into a place where we want to operate in judgment because it doesn't take much faith to be a judge. It's easy to cast judgment. But God is actually looking for priests. He's looking for people. He's looking for people in this city that will actually come in and partner with his will for what he wants to have happen in our city. I'm going to kind of just walk this with you a little bit, and hopefully it makes sense. If you have your Bibles, open up to Jonah. Open up to um, Jonah chapter 3. The will of God is an interesting topic. It's, it's something that, you know, here in the South we abuse. <laughs> you know, well, God willing, yeah. That means if you feel like it, God's willing. Um, we typically don't understand the will of God very well. And I've heard it thrown around a lot, you know, the will of God. And it amazes me, the best way I can say it is that God has made space in his will for you and I. Which is an amazing thought that someone like me, someone like you, has been invited into decisions because ultimately we know that the will of God is that he wants this place called earth to look like heaven. 
We know that when he, when he told us there's these, we use the word apostolic a lot. I don't know where everybody's from tonight, so if I give some foundations and, and this is your home, you're going to hear it again. But um, we hear often about this, this word apostle. You know, Jesus was the only one that was ever all five of the fivefold. He was the apostle. He was the prophet. He was the teacher. He was the evangelist. He was the pastor. I promise you, no one else is all five. And if they tell you they are, run. <laughs> and if they have to self-acclaim themselves as any of them, I might run too. Because I'm not preaching on the fivefold giftings tonight, but let's just say that um, if you have to self-acclaim it, I would question it. And so, but there are the gifts that the Bible tells us that God has distributed. When he left, he said that I have distributed these five gifts. Why? Because he was trying to pull the body of Christ to work together. And so he said, instead of having one big shot that can do it all, I'm going to split it up so you have to work together. Not something that the church has been notoriously good at. It's working together. And we, we hear these terms like apostle and apostolic churches, and I think we throw them around and we don't even understand the meaning of them. And so um, we see that the, with, um, with the Greek-Roman Empire, when they would go and they would overtake a new land, that they would send an armada of ships into the freshly taken land. And these would come, and the lead ship was called the apostleship. And they would come into this land that was just conquered, and they would bring things like their road systems, and they would bring their language, and they would bring their school systems. And what was the purpose? They were taking that land and making it look just like the land they're coming from. So when we claim that we are an apostolic house or an apostolic service or apostle this or apostle that, our responsibility is to basically take heaven and make earth look like it. Simple. That is the will of God. Now, how that happens and to the degree that you get to operate in that is a different story. I've often heard people say, all you need is a yes, and, and that's a big part of it. You do need a yes. But to the degree that you get to carry the will of God in your life has a lot to do with the degree of how much you have matured and become Christ-like. Think about it this way. Imagine if you, all of a sudden, everyone that you prayed for that had COVID was healed 100% of the time. That would be fantastic, right? And then all of a sudden, you would have people flying in from all over the world if they heard everyone you prayed for got healed. You'd be all of a sudden confronted with people trying to buy you out. I've heard people with wealth would come and want you to pray for their their family member, sports figures, all these NFL guys that have COVID. They would be offering you a lot of money to pray for them. And let's say, let's say you can't be bought out. Let's, let's say that you're strong there, but let's say that you're at your home. And I know I'm painting a weird picture, but follow me. And all of a sudden, you, have, you would have literally, if you've seen the lines of people waiting to get tested, you would have people surrounding your home yeah. if they found out that every person that you prayed for got healed. Yeah. 
Take cancer instead of COVID, because cancer is something that we really just still don't have any answers for, and it's more terminal typically. Imagine if every single person you prayed for got healed. See, we, we, we think like that would be amazing, and then we would all of a sudden be in a position to realize, how, mu how mature am I? Can my character carry the anointing that God's putting on me? And so I think so often we're just like, yes, Jesus, and he loves our heart. I think he's like a father looking at our heart saying, I love that you want to do that. But he also is very aware of what you can handle. And so a large part of us stepping into this place and being able to move powerfully in the will of God comes down to our yes, but it also comes down to our how much have I become like Christ to carry that anointing? Because I think some people pursue so heavily, if I just pray more, if I just go to church more, if I just have one more of the big dogs lay hands on me, I got it. Yeah. And I don't care how many times you get shakababad. <laughs> God is not going to drop enough on you to crush you. And we've seen it, haven't we? We've seen people step into a level of an anointing that they weren't ready for. We've seen it many times. I've, I've had it many times in this church, people that truly move in the anointing, and then you find out that they're getting crushed behind scenes. Why? Typically, many times, it's because they may have started here in their character and, and their heart, but over time, their life began to just go downhill, and that anointing's resting on them. And I feel bad for all the people that get hurt, but often I also feel bad for them because I watch them get crushed. And I've watched leaders put people on stages that uh, they probably should have found out a little bit more about them before they put them on the stage in front of the world and backed them up and said, this is the next big thing. And the same leaders weren't there when they fell. And God is looking for a priest, a people, that will, on behalf of a city, bring the will of God. I believe that our city is really primed for a move of God. Charlotte has such rich heritage that you may not know about. But let's read through, let's just read through a little bit of Jonah. So if you, if you went to Jonah, if you actually found it, how many of you had to go to the front of your Bible and look it up? It's one of those little ones that just you flip past it many times. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim its message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaim, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Aren't you glad you didn't have this job? That would have been fun. And the Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. Um, flip to just verse 10. And when God saw what they did and how they churned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. This is interesting because this city moved the heart of God. 
They moved the heart of God. Isn't it amazing? I don't know that a lot of us think about God that way. I think sometimes we've got this picture that God is this, I mean, honestly, like grumpy old man that's like, I don't change anything. I am who I am. But you can move the heart of God. We see it all throughout Scripture, people that moved God's heart that he actually made space in his will for conversation with them to move his heart. There's other examples. Remember Moses? When he's like, here's the deal. Moses, I'm tired of this. I'm going to kill them all. How would you like God talking to you about that one? I'm tired of your city. I'm going to kill them all. I know this is a different covenant. Thankfully, we're not in that covenant. But God comes to Moses and said, we're going to kill them all. And Moses said, okay, here's the deal. First of all, they're your people, not my people. That's what he says. I love this. I love that Moses was a powerful person. He was like, let's get something clear. They're yours, not mine. And the second thing he says, it's going to look really bad for you if you kill them all. And God says, yeah, you're right. Now, that doesn't fit our way of thinking with God because we have this idea because of how we have come to believe in our faith that we have been taught that, I'm going to go somewhere dangerous, but once I believe something, it can't change. You, you see, I, I've, man, I, I told my story a few weeks ago about coming out of things that I had believed my whole life. And as I began to um, encounter certain situations that everything was falling apart, and it was like all these beliefs and all these things that I held on to growing up, all of a sudden, they were just falling apart around me, and I knew it was God. And, and we often get this idea of God like he's this stern, you know, it is what it is, you know, like Gandalf, you know, poof, you know, this thing. And, but I believe that God wants to welcome us into the conversation, He's actually looking for priests that will be kings and priests in a city that will stand on behalf of the kingdom in the city. And we see over and over where God was moved. Remember the lady with the issue of blood that, that crawled through the crowd of people just to get to Jesus and he grabbed onto his clothing and it said that it pulled the power of God through him. This is unique. This is a unique situation where he said, who just pulled heaven through me? See, she moved God. She moved his heart. And I think that we actually have the ability in a sense, and let me, let, me, let me finish what I say here, to almost impress God. But when I say impress God, it's kind of like when your little kid draws a picture and you put it on the fridge. I could draw a way better picture than that, right? Parents know what I'm talking about. You're not like, you're not like this is the best piece of art I've ever seen. But that art moved dad's heart. You see, that art moved my heart. I could draw better than that. It's not, about, it's not about you performing. It's about you moving the heart of the Father. And he is looking for people. The focus on, on where we're at is I believe he's looking for people that will stand in a city, that will be in a city, that will... You see, revival is powerful. Revival brings awakening. Revival wakes up people. 
I've been in some powerful revivals. I've also watched that if they don't transition from revival to reformation, they burn out. We, we, we can, I've watched people's families burn out and people come and night after night after night after night after night sit in a church service and have an amazing move of God and revival's happening, but it's not transitioning into a reformation. What is reformation? Reforming culture to look more like heaven. And so we see this interesting scripture with Jonah where it says, Actually, two times in uh, the story of Nineveh, it actually calls the city a great city. Now, I don't think when most of us think about Nineveh, we think that was a great city, right? Tip I mean, if we're being honest, we usually think that was a sinful city where God saved it. When God looked at it, he saw that it was a great city. Yeah. Matter of fact, the second time he said that he called it a exceedingly great city. That word exceedingly great city could be translated this way, a city that was very important to God. You see, we understand that the devil, the devil cannot create anything. He doesn't have the ability to be creative. That's why creative ministries, creative arts, creative music, writing, things like that, he hates it. Because it's the one area you remind him that you can't do anything. Every time you create, you are reminding the devil of his limitations. It doesn't have to be in a song. It could be in a drawing. It could be in the design of a home. It could be in a business plan. Every time that you move in a creative capacity, you are representing the creator. Yeah. And you, at the same time, are reminding the enemy that you can't create. But we know if you can't create, the only way that he can really bring disturbance is that he can come in and he can twist what God has created. You with me? He, he comes in and he twists it. And I've often found it interesting that we can become so impressed with the amount of sin in a city when really what we should be doing is taking a step back and saying, if there's that much of an attack on the city, it just makes clear how much God loves that city. I get so frustrated with moves that cast judgment on the difference. I mean, I've heard people more than once cast huge judgments on, like, San Francisco. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because we're not called to wear a cloak of judgment. We're called to be priests. There, I, you know there's preachers and pastors in San Francisco contending for a move of God. See, when I see a city that's tremendously dealing with uh, perversion like San Francisco, I realize that there is a, actually a call on that city of family. It's not hard. Wherever the area of attack is, is the area that God originally intended for grace to be. I see that with people. I see that. It's so funny. People that are really good with inner healing usually have the most craziness going on in their lives because it's the area that is attacked. I just watch them, I watch them get just beat up because there is a grace on them in that area. And I think about Charlotte and I think about this city and I, and I, I think about its heritage. And man, let me just say this. Um, I don't, I'm not interested in hearing what strongholds are in my city. I'm interested in hearing what God has to say about my city. 
say that again because I got three people that agreed with me on that. I know there's not a lot of books written on what God thinks about your city. They don't make as much money because fear sells. I, I have read, I've heard so many people, oh man, Charlotte's just so religious. I was like, you know, you're not helping. People are like, well, it's the Bible Belt. Well, then let's, let's think about this way. If, if Charlotte is known for being a religious city, we know that the devil can only create a counterfeit of what God's intention was for our city. So if Charlotte is religious, which means it's form without power, that means that God intended for Charlotte to be a place where they experience the power of God. It's meant to be a place that is in intimacy with God. That's the, that's the purpose. That, that's the, excuse me, the identity of our city. But we get so caught up in, in all these different things. And, oh, man, we... <laughs> I'm watching where I go here. I feel like I'm going to step in a landmine in a second. But um, <laughs> you got my back, babe. All right. Um, <laughs> we get so burdened, and we get such a heavy burden on us, and we call it intercession. Yeah, I went there. Some of the most burdened people in the world I know are intercessors that don't pray enough. Intercessors are wired to feel things. They're wired to hear what God is saying before anyone else, typically. But the problem happens is when you begin to carry the burdens and it transitions into carrying a burden of unbelief, and we actually believe that we're carrying a burden to pray when what's really happening is is you're carrying a burden of unbelief. You see, intercessors have to release things back to the Lord. They're a unique, let me say this. Uh, if you're an intercessor, I'm not taking a shot at you. My mom is an intercessor. She's been an intercessor like my whole life. I would wake up at like 4 a.m. to a shofar in the second floor of my house. <laughs> when I say she's like, I get it, like, right? My neighbors are probably like there is some animal on their property. And it sounds, and she couldn't blow it good, so it sounded like a dying animal because it would be like, Ooh! I remember back in the renewal movement, everyone had a shofar and no one knew how to use one. And you would just show up to church and be like, and people were like, what is that? I was just blowing their shofar. I came in and kind of started pulling the reins back on that. I just realized there's nowhere in the Bible where anyone blew a shofar indoors. And so I was like, I bless you and your shofar, but there's nowhere that's blown inside. And uh, we have had people try to sneak them in. Oh, yeah. I had a staff member one time come in with a trench coat on and one under her arm. That's a serious shofar addiction. That's what that is. And uh, in the middle of worship, it was getting good. And you just see her go. I just cover it back up. And I'm like, I was looking around like, I heard it. I heard that and tambourines. I can feel them in the air when they come out. I used to, when I played drums, there was a graveyard of tambourines under that stage. If you left it, it was mine. And I would throw it under the stage. But we, we, have, we have become so, uh, even we've 
picked up burdens that are really often actually can become unbelief if they're not as a priest brought before the Lord. And I want to talk about the difference of those two because I believe that we're called to be a kingdom of priests. I believe that our city needs people to come and to stand on behalf and to release what God has over our city. But it's hard to release what God has over our city if you're overly impressed what the devil thinks about our city. And if you're so aware of all these different prophetic words and prophetic strongholds and all these, it becomes very easy to be overwhelmed in unbelief. Instead of what does God say? What does God say about my city? God loved Nineveh. He really loved Nineveh. And the people of Nineveh turned their hearts because a man would go and would stand on behalf of God. I've often wondered, and, and I've, I've often wondered if the, the devil would even be okay with leaking his strategy if he can just get you to focus on it. You know, I like to... I like to hunt. I like to shoot guns. Amen. If you don't like harming animals, just pretend I don't shoot at those things. Um, just shoot targets. And you know, you have to get every year, every, every time you pull your gun back out, it's usually gotten bumped around and the scope's gotten off. And so you don't want to just go out there with the scope knocked off, like to the side, or you're going to take a shot and you're going to harm an animal that doesn't need to happen. Often I think that we keep shooting and our scope is off. And people get hurt in the process because we haven't recalibrated. We haven't taken the time. And see, the time to do that is not when you're up in a tree and it's blowing with the wind. Christians only want to often focus. It's, it's when someone in your family is dying from something and the tree is swaying that all of a sudden we want to learn how to pray for the sick. It's hard when the tree is blowing. And you see, it takes time. It takes time in his presence to get your heart to, to the renewing of the mind, to become more like the Father. It takes time. It takes hearing his heartbeat for people. Hearing is, you understand that truth, let me, let's see if I can explain this. Truth is, is not just right and wrong. Truth in the Bible is like a multi-dimensional, like layered thing. So for example, we know that there's judgment, but we also know that God prefers mercy and mercy triumphs over. We know that God is looking for people that will extend mercy. People that will come into situations. He doesn't need more people shouting on social media, judgment, judgment, yeah. judgment, judgment. You say, well, I have a right. You, you might. But mercy triumphs over judgment. And his heart longs to release mercy. You still with me? 
I just, I don't think that we, we often know how much of a part of this that we have in releasing the will of God. I think we often just want to pray it forth when actually he's inviting with us to partner in bringing it forward. The kingdom of God is at hand. He needs hands. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God, another way we've said it, is the kingdom of God is in stock. It's not out of stock. Whatever you need, it's there. And he's invited us into this place to come in and to be priest. And we can get sidetracked when we get overwhelmed. And one of two things can typically happen. We can either become as we, and I don't believe that we were created to be, to be as informed as we are, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I just don't think we were created to be that informed of everything. As soon as something happens, many of you, your phone rings, and you know something happened across the world that all of a sudden now you have a burden for that. And sometimes maybe God gives you that burden to pray. But there are things that, I mean, between the news and the social media, we are over-informed. And what happens is, is that if you begin to become over-informed with bad news, one of two things will happen. You'll either become a judge or you'll become hopeless. One of those two things or the ways that we usually go is that we begin overwhelmed and we begin to think, how can I change this? So the one of two options is I'll either cast judgment on it and clean my hands of it, or I become hopeless because I don't see how it could change. When what really he's looking for is he's looking for people to come into a city and into cities and nations that he loves and says, you are my priest. You carry the kingdom of God. How many of you understand that you speak, and when you speak what he's speaking, the spirit of God is released? This is really important. This is really important. The Bible said that Jesus only said what the Father said. Jesus is so unique because it says that the word became flesh with Jesus, right? But then the words that he spoke became spirit. The word became flesh, Jesus, and when Jesus spoke, his words were spirit. The kingdom of God is found in the spirit of God. This is simple stuff. It's not a trick. The, the kingdom of God is found in the spirit of God. We know where the spirit of God is because the fruit of the spirit of God is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And one of the things that is absolutely foundational to us being priest and having an impact in not just our cities, our families, our communities, is hearing what, this is why I prayed over people tonight, is hearing what God is saying. When you hear what God is saying, just like Jesus, when you speak it, your words are spirit. And then your words release the kingdom. I've preached sermons before. <laughs> I don't know that I'm proud of this, but I've preached them before. It was like I walked off the stage like that wasn't that great. And it just didn't feel that for me personally. I'm sure somebody gets blessed, but I walk off like, ah, it was all right. And there's other ones where when I preached it, I knew every word I spoke, I could hear God. Like I was speaking what he was speaking. Yeah. And that is what creates the anointing. 
You don't have to talk so much if you're saying what he's saying. (laughs) You don't have to talk so loud if you're saying (laughs) what he's saying. (laughs) I don't know where this is fun. You guys are like, I don't know if I should have came out tonight. (laughs) Uh, People that are yelling from the rooftops, I'm telling you, if you're saying what he's saying, you don't have to yell it. It's anointed. The spirit of God is upon it. And so we are there to release mercy, not judgment. Mercy. I believe God will defend the world before he blesses the carnality of the church. I do. I believe that God will defend the world before he blesses carnality in the church. I have opportunities all the time where I I, I love, I, I am, oh, man, I, I love watching people encounter the mercy of God. I love encountering the mercy of God. But one of the greatest things that I get to do in mercy, in in ministry, is to release the mercy of God over people and just watch everything change. When people came up and they expected judgment, oh, well, they walk up and they they, they tell you something that's going on in their life and you watch their face like, you're going to spank me, I can tell. And, And you just watch mercy Just rest on them. And all of a sudden, you begin to see things shift because mercy triumphs over judgment. A large part of this is understanding this concept. And I'm not going to go too much longer because I want to pray over people. The battle's already been won. All right, that was the safest amen you had tonight. The battle has already been won. You all are like, I don't know, man. It's a setup. (laughs) You just feel it in the room like, "Mm mm-hmm. The battle's been won. You are enforcing the victory. I've used this this example before about what what warfare is like in a better covenant. And it's, it's always been fun. It's, it's the idea of, like, we're coming up, right, to the Super Bowl here in probably another month. And whether you like football or not, one of the fun parts of watching the Super Bowl is at the end of the game when the winning team is celebrating and all their kids come down on the field. You know what I'm talking about? You know, Super Bowls, they throw a football and that game. Uh, so you're like, sports ball? Um, <laughs> It's, 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 it's that moment where, like, the kids, it's also the moment where the losers are crying, and Tiffany's like, I can't take it. Oh, my God, it'll be all right. <laughs> and, but, like, people are celebrating, and it's like this victory, and you see, like, these little kids come down, and they put on the big T-shirt, and they got Dad's hat on, and they got Dad's ring on, and they, listen, the, the victory has been won. These kids are coming down onto the field, and they are celebrating the victory that their dad just had. It's one. And, and, and what can often happen in these situations is, imagine this, if you walk out of the football stadium and you're in the parking lot, right? You're outside of the celebration and you're out in the parking lot and all of a sudden people from the other team start, you know, coming and talking in your ear and saying, listen, you know, you didn't really win. You remember that touchdown in the, you know, in the fourth quarter? You didn't win. And all of a sudden, you begin to rehearse things in your mind. You begin to be challenged. And all of a sudden, the victory that's already yours, 
The only way that you can lose victory is to give it away. The battle's been won. The game has been won. We get to come in and say, it's done. It's won. Yes, we still encounter sickness. Yes, we have all different things that we still run into. But it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of applying what Jesus already did. And so as we begin to make these these shifts in our mindset, it begins to take away some of the hopelessness when you begin to realize, listen, over over your marriage, it's already been won. Now, I'm not just bypassing all of the work that sometimes we have to do. But it's a lot easier to do it from a place of victory instead of for victory. It's a lot easier to believe God from a place of victory instead of hoping for a victory. Does anybody have hope in this room? We're called to be priests. I want to challenge you to take off any robe of judgment. I want to challenge you that as, as it comes, as it, you have opportunities that you feel the opportunity to step into judgment, to ask God for mercy. I want to call you to the, to the awareness of how great you are. I put up something online about this, but... False humility can really rob the church of what God wants to do. (laughs) You know, David talked about this a little this morning. We can, if we're not careful, find ourselves in a place where we feel like humility means, you know, I'm just just a loser. I, I remember growing up in church, it was like the more poor you were, the more humble you were. That's how I grew up. Maybe you didn't grow up that way, but there was like a mindset within the church of almost that lack meant humility. And because of that, we didn't have a lot of people that weren't lacking. And it can rob you because humility is about recognizing the source of greatness and giving it, giving the glory to the one it belongs to. I think this is important because I think if we buy into a false humility, um, you know, God just, I'm just, I'm just nobody in him. How can you be nobody and in him? Well, I'm nobody without Jesus. Well, that's true. But now that you're a child of God, he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So the idea of you imagining life without him is a vain imagination. Yeah, nobody likes that one. I I love this one because I I really want to see people rise up into their greatness. And I I see such a, you know, people are like, we get so into this. Someone come up to the worship team and just be like, listen, you just, 
you, you did a great job singing that song tonight. Oh, it wasn't me. It was Jesus. Well, it wasn't that good. I mean, it was, it's, it's, it's all right. I don't know if it was Jesus. Uh, I'm poking fun, all right? But I've watched people work so hard to deflect attention from themselves that it puts more attention on themselves and just instead of saying, thank you so much, and then going home and say, Lord, all the glory is yours. Just give it to him in the end. When people come up to you and you, listen, when you lay hands on the sick and they get healed, they're going to come up and thank you. And, and, and that's give the glory to God. But realize that, that, that he gets the glory. But you can't look like him without looking great. <laughs> you can't look like Jesus without looking great. And so I want to encourage you to stay away from, well, you know, uh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you were a sinner who got saved by grace. You are no longer a sinner. You were a sinner. Changes some thought processes all of us Southerners have picked up along the way. Because we have, it's easier to control people who are fearful instead of creating powerful people. And if we're going to impact a city, it's going to be through powerful people who know who they are in Christ. Amen? But they can extend mercy instead of judgment. Amen, little baby. Ah. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. <laughs> I can feel this struggle right here. Can I wait just another moment? I had someone quoted to me one time and said, well, Jesus doesn't share his glory with another. Well, that would make sense if you were another. You're in him. He's in you. You're not another. <laughs> so we just keep going deeper? Just keep making you more uncomfortable? If you just amen me, I'll quit. Just, just, throw, just throw me a bone, man. Just <laughs> no. No, I, 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 I'm going to read one more thing over you, and then we're going to pray. It says in Numbers chapter 6, verse 22, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying this. This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I read this article by Jack Hayford that said, the blessing is God's person. This blessing is the person of God who shines upon the recipient just as Moses shone after being in God's presence. The New Testament identifies this as God's glory, which we behold with unveiled face. In our ministry as priests, we portray and pronounce the blessing of Christ shining nature, his fullness to each other, that God's glorious face might leave its radiant impression upon all. Did you get that? How about I just read it one more time? The blessing is God's person who shines upon the recipient just as Moses' face shone after being in God's presence. 
And the New Testament identifies this as God's glory, which we behold with unveiled face. In our ministry as priests, we portray and pronounce the blessing of Christ, shining nature, his fullness to each other, that God's glorious face might leave its radiant impression upon us all. In that blessing is sound mind, wholeness, prosperity, divine health. What would it look like if we all took off the robe of judgment and began to release as priest sound mind, wholeness, prosperity, divine health, that his face would shine upon you? That's what we're created to do. Stand up, priest. Jesus. Holy Spirit. All right. (laughs) Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Lord, you're the one that we came here for to tonight. You're the one that we've come to pour out our worship, to pour out our praise, to sing our songs to, Lord. I ask that, Father, that, that your saints, Father, I, I feel the desire of the heart of God to pour out his will on his saints, but, Lord, I just feel like he wants to see our shoulders broaden a little so it doesn't crush us. I see, I see this picture of just God broadening the shoulders of his saints to be able to carry a greater degree of his will. It's, you understand it's all accessible in this covenant. It's 100% accessible. But to the degree that you can steward it depends on what you can carry. I want to pray something. I want to pray for a restoration of awe and wonder. I felt tonight at a point in the service Almost a, and please forgive me, this sounds heavier than maybe my heart wants it to be, but I almost felt like a, a grieving that there wasn't more awe and wonder for the Father. And, and maybe it was just for me, but I almost felt like just the heart of the Lord, like just restoring my awe and wonder. That when he's moving, it's nothing to be taken for granted. And so many people have done so much church that it's just been lost. But it only takes one encounter to absolutely shake that off you. So Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, if, you're, if you are just hungry for the Lord, will you just welcome him at this point in the service tonight? We welcome you. Can you just, just welcome him? Tonight, we're not just here to hear a sermon. We really are here to encounter the presence and fire of God tonight. Holy Spirit, right now, we welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. I'm going to call out a couple prophetic words, and we're going to go into ministry tonight. This guy right here in the black shirt, put your hands out. Man, you've been highlighted to me all night long. I just feel the hunger on you, and I, and I feel the Lord's, I just feel to tell you that I feel like the Lord's eyes are on you. His eyes are on you, man. And there's something, uh, just as when I was talking about the lady with the issue of blood that just grabbed him, I feel like, God, if you just grab him, there's enough in you that, whoa, will pull it out from him tonight in Jesus' name.
Wow, I'm getting it. In Jesus' name. I don't, you don't need to go home feeling the way you came in. So whatever is going on, in Jesus' name, his eyes are on you tonight. His eyes are on you tonight. And he's going to fill you with power. Man, I feel that over you. I feel that over you. Just the eyes of God on you. So Lord, just, just let it flow. Yeah. I don't see like just a little outlet. Like I see a power line, like being connected to you. A power line, just like recharging you tonight. So plug him into your power. Yeah, AJ, lay hands on him, would you? Plug him into your power in Jesus' name. Plug him into your power in Jesus' name. I see like this picture of transformers. I don't know why, but I just, I I see, I see like you, um, as you're filling up with power, I see you transforming into what God has for you. And I, I, the Lord is, is, there's something that's shifting. Matter of fact, there might even be shift, like I said shift, shift that's going on in your life right now. And that's okay. Um, I, I feel like the Lord is saying it's okay. And so there might be some stuff that you've been going back and forth between what to do right now. And, but I feel like the Lord is just wanting to know, um, I hear you. And I'm, I feel like he's also giving you options because you're, he's saying, I'm teaching you to be mature. And so there's going to be a couple things that maybe you have a couple different options. I don't know if this makes any sense at all, but there's going to be some things that you even have maybe a couple options and God is saying, you choose, son. You choose, son. You choose. And so whatever that means, I just release the freedom of the Father over you because he wants you to be a mature son and he trusts you, man. And so I just bless you as they pray for you. I bless you with the courage to make decisions and make choices and know that God has your back. God has your back. God has your back. God has your back. I bless you in Jesus' name. Uh, in the very back here, um, blue checker shirt and lady next to him in the pink, um, right there. Yeah, you guys. Um, mainly the lady. Sorry, you get to, you get it too, bro. But um, you were kind of highlighted to me, and the Lord is saying, I, you you were one of these people that I felt like God was like, I'm going to restore an awe and wonder in you. I'm going to restore an awe and wonder in you, and I'm going to remove things that, um, that maybe that there's areas that there's been pain that uh, through hurt has created, uh, this could sound heavier than it is, but maybe even cynicism at times. But God's just saying, I'm just cleansing that with the washing of the word. And, and what that means, he's just speaking over you, and I see you being cleansed. I don't know if you're in ministry or anything like that, but like I see God speaking over your heart tonight. And he's just... Um, He's got a great plan for you. And so I bless you. I bless you. That you, you would carry all in wonder. And you're also going to be able to show it to children. Like you're going to have an ability to almost take what God does in you and explain it in a way where kids are going to get it. I don't know what that means, but just a way to communicate. So God, rest on her. Rest on her. Rest on her. Rest on her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I got a couple more. You okay? Um, Jim, Jim Bunting, you're faithful, man. God really likes you. (laughs) Like, like, I I think about like... um, David had a heart after God. Like, I just, I feel like when I see him, like, God likes you. 
Like there's certain people that people probably know with John, like he really likes that person. Like they're buddies. And I see over you, like every time I look at you, I just see like God likes you. And there is a, what I was talking about tonight, that if you get close enough to the heart of God to hear his heart and the mercy, I feel like you've had your head, your ear on his chest for a while now. And you've heard it. Your, your compassion, Jim, is, is power. Anytime that we read that Jesus was moved by compassion, like a miracle followed it, you're gonna begin to be moved by compassion and signs, wonders, and miracles are gonna start happening through you tremendously. And you may think like, I don't, I don't have that anointing or whatever, but you have compassion. And when God was moved with compassion, things happen. So in Jesus' name, I thank you for Jim. I thank you for his family. I thank you for, I see Jesus all over them. You're a good dad. You're a good dad. I just affirm that over you tonight. You are a good father and Father God is pleased with you. He is pleased with you and you are stepping into a place of freshness in him. You've even been praying for things that no one else knows about, maybe just your wife, but you've been praying in time with the Lord that there's certain things you've been asking God, would you please show me this? And God is saying, you're stepping into a season of I'm opening the eyes of your heart, Jim. And so just sleep with a notepad next to you. <laughs> Because you might wake up with dreams, the things you've been praying for, just, just write them down or a phone and record them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oof, man, I feel the, the juice in the room rising up tonight. Um, I, I, I apologize. I don't, but the Donahue couple, you guys right here. Um, man, you guys are great. Um, my eyes always go to you in worship. Like, I don't know why. Some people, Lord, just constantly shifts my eyes to them. And I don't know why. If it's weird, it feels like I'm looking at you too sometimes. But I feel like there is a, a safety that you carry to usher people into the new. I feel like God will often put you in the front of something new because you carry a safety to help people into what really feels pretty crazy. It may not line up with their theology. It may not line up with their history. It may not line up with what they've always known in their doctrines or blah, 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 blah. But you guys carry that father, mother heart that you just feel safe. And because of that, people will feel safety in the presence of the Lord to step into things that are new for them. We need, uh, Paul said, listen, you got 10,000 teachers. Where's your fathers? Where's your mothers? There comes a point where we need some fathers and mothers. And so I just bless that grace over you guys. I bless it over you. I see it already even just on the, the you know, the children of yours that I've met, they carry it also. And it's something that just is in the family, guys. And so I bless you for your steadfastness. And I pray, I just see the Lord rooting you. I see, um, I, I see you rooted. I, we had a huge windstorm come out through our farm a few days ago and all the neighbors had much less rooted trees and a bunch of them blew over, but our house has these real strong rooted oak trees and none of them moved. And I just see you guys just rooted where a place that people feel like I can be around them, it's safety. But it's not an enablement of letting people hide. You actually can help them into it, help them into the water. 
Yeah, I see you. I see you like holding a little girl's hand and walking her into the water. And so I don't even know prophetically that picture. I don't know if it's a ministry with girls or what, but like I see like holding a girl's hand and walking her into the water. And so I bless you with that. I bless you with that. She Hey, hey, one for you. You are a fireball, and you don't know how much fire could come through you. <laughs> yeah, come, come up here a second. This is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. You guys pray for her. Yeah, you're going to get whacked. <laughs> I, well, man, I'm going to stay back from that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> It was like secondhand power. <laughs> Whoa. In Jesus' name, just I release. I, I feel like you're supposed to take like the cap off. Like I, I've, even, even areas that maybe you feel like your husband's the wild one. <laughs> uh-uh. You're going to be shocked. You're the wild one. And so in Jesus' name, take the cap off of her. Take the cap off of her. You are passionate. You are meant to lead. You have, you walk in and your smile lights up a room. Like people feel like, man, whatever she's got, I want some of that. And so I pray that you would just feel the boldness to lead in the places that God has called you to lead and to shine and to burn for him in Jesus' name. Burn in Jesus' name. Now I speak to, I speak to, um, uh, I speak to the things that are weighing on your shoulders. I see a weight. And I see the Lord just like crumbling it off right now. I see it crumbling off and I'm watching your shoulders in the spirit just, just lift up. They're lifting up. It's going away. I, I don't know what's in your past. I'm feeling some things that's between you and the Lord that I feel like is coming off. It's coming off. It's coming off. And your, your future is bright and He loves you. <laughs> Stop listening to any lies that are said about you. Just believe what he says about you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. In Jesus' name. Whoa. Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this room right now. Thank you for what you're doing in this room. We're going to transition into just a ministry time tonight. I, I feel like there's more words than I could possibly give out. And so at this point, it'd be a good time just to say, let's go into ministry. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We will pray over anyone that just wants a touch from the Lord. Um, we're going to pray until um, this is just, we're going for it. And so um, if you're just hungry for the Lord, listen, I think child care goes for, is it, what time? Till, oh, till nine? Oh, man, we're good. All right. I got I, I got Listen, we, we paid for another hour. So it's, <laughs> you've had an appetizer and a meal. It's time for dessert. All right. So in Jesus' name, bless your kids, God. Bless your kids, God. Set fires on all of them. I asked in the same way that they waited on you in the upper room and it said that you blew through the place and tongues of fire came and rested on your kids, God. I feel the wind of God beginning to blow in this room now. So Lord, rest on your kids, God. We're asking for Father a pure and holy touch from you. No games, no gimmicks, no hype. A pure and holy touch from you on your kids tonight. 
in Jesus' name. If you want prayer tonight, we're just gonna fan out and pray. So just come up front and we wanna pray over you. We're gonna turn up the worship tonight and we're just gonna begin to pray over people. So let's minister. Bless you guys. Yeah. Jesus. This is uh, not ministry style, so you can just line up across the front. You don't have to wait on a ministry team. We're just going to go across the front. So just line up if you want to be prayed over, and we're just going to go around and pray. Thank you, Jesus. listening to the gate charlotte's podcast consider subscribing so you don't miss a message we're sending this to someone who might need encouragement today thanks for joining us